Good afternoon and welcome aboard. Happy Friday to you, John. Begin us with you, KPK News Radio, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. Hope you're having a great day. And yes, this is a live program. We're here today and uh, gearing up for a three-day weekend. I know many people are taking Friday off, but no, 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 no. We've got lots of things to talk about today. And uh, I do want to start out with some good news uh, that I neglected to mention yesterday. And that is uh, that due to the work of some, uh, some good, dedicated people in the state of California, I-, I think chief among them, quite honestly, the California District Attorneys Association, and I also appreciate uh, City Councilman Jeff Harris, who uh, was on the program the other day, uh, to talk about the uh, the shortcomings of uh, Senate Bill 262, uh, Mr. Hertzberg's bill to uh, effectively do away with cash bail in the state of California. It did not get off the floor uh, at the end of the session uh, just a couple of nights ago. So uh, that is, I think, extraordinarily good news. The bad news is that uh, that ideological desire to have that become law in uh, in the state of California, in spite of the uh, the clear history that we've had here and the history in other states, most notably the state of New York, uh, shows that it's such a horrific idea. I cannot for the life of me fathom why anybody would think it was wise or prudent or appropriate. Are there ways to uh, to look at bail on a case-by-case basis and recognize uh, some potential injustice there? But I, I think there's so much said about bail uh, that's not fully understand in terms of uh, what, what, it, what its purpose is. It's not intended to be punitive. It's intended to ensure to the greatest extent possible that that defendant uh, makes their court appearance. And it's, it's not just everybody that's grabbed off the street that is subject to arrest and put in a position where they, are, uh, they have to raise bail, post bail, to get out of custody. Not at all. It is, uh, there is clear, a clear standard that has to be established, um, a principle that has to be met in order to, uh, to persuade uh, the court, ultimately, that the person arrested... Uh, has met that uh, that first threshold, that first standard of probable cause uh, that a crime was in fact committed, and they are the person responsible for the commission of that crime. So, so much information, misinformation on that. But I'm grateful for those who uh, who stood up against this, and I think people in this audience did a good job of reaching out to their uh, legislators, and that's probably what helped uh, put the grindness to a, an unsuccessful uh, end, uh, at least for the legislative legislative session now over. Um, in other news, you did you watch the president's uh, speech last night? I bet you did not. And uh, full disclosure, I would not have, but I did it because I wanted to be able to uh, offer a little analysis uh, of it uh, for you today. So I did. About in fact, about twelve hours ago, uh, twelve and a half hours ago, I sat down to watch it, and uh, I found it would, to be absolutely bizarre. Uh, I, I'm at a loss. I don't purport to be a uh, an imaging or marketing expert by any stretch of the imagination, but. The, the lighting, you, if you haven't seen it, you've no doubt heard. Uh, he and the first lady uh, strolled out onto the uh, to the podium uh, with with an I think an unusual uh, red backdrop backlighting, uh, very very strong red red lighting, and of course they're f- uh, the the podium is flanked by uniformed members of the United States Marine Corps for what was clearly and overwhelmingly and in my opinion unequivocally. A political message. It was not. Uh, it was not a State of the Union kind of a speech, nor was it marketed as State of the Union. But it was not just a, a an update on the status quo. No, it was a it was a a, a number of hard punches delivered against uh, President Biden's political opponents, people who don't see the world as he does, which which is fair game in some places, but not in that. Not when uh, there's a, a significant amount of taxpayers' money supporting this. 
And interestingly enough, uh, significant uh, network absence to cover this. It was it was very limited coverage. I had to look hard to find it. Uh, but but I'm a little bit uh, perplexed by some of the things he said. By the way, I, I'm, I was looking in earnest to, to to hear what he had to say about the things that uh, that frankly uh, give me concern. And and that this is this is so overwhelmingly nonpartisan. It's, it's legitimate concerns that affect each and every one of us. I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, a declined state, uh, apolitical. Um, it, it really, truly does not matter. Uh, the things that cause concern for me, and I suspect many other Amer- Americans, perhaps not in the same order as as I place them, but crime and violence on the streets of our cities and communities across the country. It is extraordinary. Um, inflation is uh, something that uh, that I, I have very serious concerns for about because I, I see a generation uh, having very difficult time climbing into the uh, into the workforce and and really truly getting their uh, getting established to where they can reap the benefits of this great country uh, because of inflation, and then a, a very close uh, to that, the, the education crisis. Uh, the, we are. We, it is just so pathetic to do a deep dive into the statistical uh, data that that illustrates so clearly where we are as a society in terms of young people, uh, measured as has been the case for decades now by testing of fourth graders to see their aptitude and competence and some very basic skills that you have to have, not, not that are desirable, not that, that, not that are nice to have, but skills you have to have in order to thrive in society. And, and I think chief on that list is the ability to effectively read and write. If you don't have that, uh, you are just so, so, so far behind the power curve, and I think it does so much to frustrate people. The likelihood of people who can't master uh, the fundamentals of reading uh, the ability to embrace and accept and learn from literature, uh, the likelihood of them winding up incarcerated is much, much higher than their their uh, fluent reading uh, counterparts. And, of course, they miss out on so much. Now we have, uh, looks like, several years to catch up. I don't know how that's going to be resolved, but I would love to have heard something along those lines uh, from the uh, the President of the United States, who, by the way, is married to a, a former educator. It, it seems as though that would be a legitimate priority. Uh, what about uh, national security? Uh, what about the southern border? And it, it, please understand, it's not a matter of uh, pro or anti-immigration, not by any stretch of the imagination. And, and that message, the, the, the truth as it relates to the southern border, is so diluted if you don't have a chance to see for yourself. And there are a number of opportunities, another number of uh, methods at your disposal if you simply do a quick search to see in real time video of people coming across that southern border in extraordinary numbers, absolutely incredible numbers. And, of course, very closely related to that, uh, the fentanyl crisis in this country, it is absolutely, it's incredible to see how, how, how significant that is and to hear crickets coming from the administration, the Department of Justice, a homeland security, because there's no mystery and there's no secret as to as to the source of the fentanyl, how it's getting here and what's coming of it. There was a, a big uh, celebration yesterday in Placer County uh, of a, a, a convicted a person convicted of knowingly providing fentanyl to a young man, uh, Mr. Didier, uh, who perished as a result of that. And the uh, the district attorney was able to establish the elements of of malice in that case and charged accordingly. That person, uh, the purveyor of that fentanyl, 
was sentenced yesterday to, I believe, 17 years in prison. What the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation may ultimately do with that remains to be seen. Nonetheless, I'm happy to see that some people are taking this seriously. But these are things that that are and I believe should be concerns to, to so many of us. But Naria mentioned what I heard was a relentless beatdown on MAGA Republicans. So I, I got to ask, uh, what is a MAGA Republican? I understand the acronym, uh, Make America Great Again, which, like so many other phrases, who could object to that phrase? And what does it mean? Is, is there a subtle uh, white supremacist message in that? No, I, not, I don't believe that. I think it, it's, it's uh, seizing the opportunity to encourage others to, to hearken back to a better time. Uh, is that all about Donald Trump? Well, certainly he used that as his uh, his marketing brand. But what about people who who have a difficult time tolerating the 45th president of the United States, but appreciate uh, that that fundamental message and some of the some of the reality in, in terms of looking at, uh, at, at some of the greatness that we had not too terribly long ago, some very recently. How about affordable gasoline and utilities, low inflation, almost no inflation, safer streets and communities. Um, a, a, a pretty effective control on the uh, immigration, illegal immigration uh, problem into this country. And, of course, uh, the resultant uh, impact on the, the fentanyl crisis. Those are things that are that are not racist. Those are things that are that are uh, there's nothing wrong with embracing that past. And for many, of us, uh, I think there are uh, people who actually when you think about making America great again, you even think to a period of time that predates the 45th president of the United States. When there was more civility, more, uh, more, more direct, uh, sometimes surgical strikes on, uh, uh, that is to say verbal surgical strikes, on, on an opposing philosophy, not so much on an opposing person, uh, but I think back to the campaign between uh, President Reagan and Jimmy Carter. Actually, I should say Jim, President Carter and Ronald Reagan, because uh, Reagan had uh, not been the president prior to that. But the terms they used to describe one another, the most common term used, was my worthy opponent, but the, but there was no uh, there was no holding back in terms of sub t- substantive criticism of their of the opposing positions on issues, and guess what that that, that is a period of time where I, I think America was greater. So what does what does MAGA Republican mean? And if you look at that uh, using that kind of terminology to describe anybody, any of the seventy four million people who voted for uh, a presidential candidate other than the incumbent president in the last election, that, that is, I, I think, overtly offensive to a significant number of people, um, some of which are probably in President Biden's uh, intended uh, group, but very likely not all. So what's the effect of that? How does that play out? Uh, what do you think of it? I know this is a weighty topic for a, a pre-three-day weekend conversation, but I'd love to hear from you at 800 800- Eight three four fifteen thirty. And and do you consider consider yourself a person? Do you like the idea of making America great again? You like that? Does that necessarily mean that you are a hundred percent lockstep agreement with President Trump? Uh, does it mean that uh, that uh, you'd like to go back to a time when there was a, a, a more uh, a, a more sophisticated uh, style of communication? Because what we saw last night was not. It simply was not, and it was a bashing of an ideology that simply did not match that of the incumbent president. Your thoughts, 800-834-1530. Much more conversation coming up. Your calls right after this.
Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you. KPK News Radio live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. Uh, talking about what we would like, what, what I would have liked to have heard from the president last night and did not, clearly did not. How about a solution to the, uh, the fentanyl crisis? I mentioned that earlier, but think about this for a moment. A, uh, a Boeing 777, a big 777 commercial jetliner, gigantic, enormous airplane, uh, depending upon the configuration, transports between 312 and 388 people. Imagine if that uh, aircraft crashed into the Rocky Mountains today, God forbid, uh, the, the extent to which that would be covered. It would be wall-to-wall coverage on all the, uh, all the broadcast media. It would be in every uh, front page of every newspaper in the country. Uh, we'd certainly talk about it here. Uh, but that is happening every day in this country. That is the range of people that are being killed by fentanyl poisoning in this country every single day of the year. And uh, that didn't rise to importance uh, from the presidential podium last night. How can that be the case? How can that possibly be the case? Uh, That is uh, very, very high on the list of things about which I have a concern. I sense many do. Uh, If you're aware of it, uh, what a horrific problem it is and what it represents for for a generation. 800-834-1530. Let's get your calls. John is patiently waiting in Newcastle. John, good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for holding on. Yes, good afternoon. I'll be I'll be brief. I'm okay. sure you've got plenty of calls in the in the offing. It's kind of more or less tied to what uh, Biden said yesterday. I wrote you a note. I'll send it to you anyway. Just a short okay. one. And basically, it just says democracy is endangered. You keep hearing that the yeah. both sides of the aisle, the Republicans and Democrats, yeah. democracy is endangered. Well, yeah. the fact is, we are not a democracy. No, we're we constitutional are a republic. Republic. Yeah. Yeah. A democ- democracy, a pure democracy, by its very definition, is mob rule. When a republic starts to falter, it becomes a democracy. When a democracy starts to fail, as it must, it devolves into anarchy. Note Black Lives Matter and Antifa destroying city blocks. That's called anarchy. I couldn't agree more. Anarchy? And, and your, your, your point is well taken and, and frankly illustrates the need for greater degrees of understanding uh, coming from classrooms across the country. Because there was a time when that was oh, studied bingo. in elementary school. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, and and the other thing about anti- when uh, when anarchy starts to fail, it becomes chaos. Okay, yeah. note rampant crime attacks on police, all the crime that's going on. This is chaos. Yeah. Now, here's where I become concerned. When chaos becomes intolerable, a despot or a group of despots takes over. And the yeah. first thing a despot does is remove all oppositions. First thing he wants to do. Note, seven years of investigation and charges into the Trump administration. And as it turns out now, according to Biden yesterday, since I don't approve of what he's doing as an as a, as a president, now I become a fascist. This is how this devolves. We're yeah. seeing it right in front of our eyes. It's happening to us right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a semi-fascist, which is uh, just bizarre to me because there's no such thing. You cannot have a semi-fascist. Uh, points well, well taken. I, and, of I'm course, the, be called a fascist, but. The, the, the efforts to, uh, to remove history, including statues and all that goes with it. Uh, appreciate the points very much, John, from Newcastle. Let's check in quickly with Ruben from Sacramento. Ruben, good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you for holding on. Howdy. Oh, yeah. I just uh, I just want to put out that it's not just Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. It's the whole range of groups. If you're going to mention the groups, name them all. It's a, it's a wide variety from all you know all areas of the country. You know, north, south, east, and west. 
I'm not sure what you're talking about. That that are doing what, sir? I'm 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 saying it's not just Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Okay. There are the white supremacist groups that that are out there too. Yeah. I'm just saying give equal time. Don't just say there's one side that's but we have playing. recent uh, history of uh, black lives matters and El- antifa from the summer of 2020 uh, the extraordinary destruction of the streets uh, in the communities across the country and, and quite right. honestly no uh, no prosecution no consequences brought to bear for that so i think that is on the minds of people the kkk uh, is the the oldest and and i think uh, most high profile white supremacy group, and they're frequently the topic of a conversation, but I haven't seen any activity coming from them lately. There are other neo-Nazi groups, and they every now and then they get some uh, organization going, and uh, I'm very, very quick to uh, to bash them as well, but I don't see their profile in play at the present time. Appreciate the call very much. More conversation coming up. Your calls right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you. New KPK News Radio Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. Uh, so you got the uh, the president's speech uh, in the hopper here, and, and I'm, I'm a, I've got uh, calls I want to get to and uh, pay respect to the people who have been waiting. But I just want to share this with you because the prior caller brought it up. There's a uh, brand new out uh, just uh, 1245 this afternoon. Today's L.A. Times. Uh, the leader of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation has been accused by former colleagues of stealing more than $10 million in donations from the organization for his own personal use, according to a lawsuit filed in courts this week. We'll get into some of the details on that and see the whole Black Lives Matter movement. There was just so, so, so much more to that, and yet people were not allowed. There was actually silencing of people who had the audacity to ask questions, even the uh, the phrase, what it means, and why does it exclude uh, others other than black people. It, it, the, the, the extraordinary nature of that, I think, is something that uh, should never be forgotten. And as you'll do, do a deep dive and see exactly what's involved here, and uh, there has been a significant amount of exposure as to the, uh, the financial criminal conduct uh, associated with the leaders of this group and the theft, the outright theft. We'll get into the details of this in a bit. First, uh, let's get your calls. Let's check in with uh, Jorge in Sacramento, patiently waiting. Jorge, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation, sir, and thank you for holding on. Hey, John, just real quick, uh, thank you for your service. And, My honor, um, sir. I, I have a quick, uh, funny comment. Uh, last night we were watching The Speed, and uh, my wife is a Democrat, and I, and I am a Republican. And uh, after the speech, my wife just turned to- towards me and looked at me and said, uh, she apologized. <laughs> and it was just uh, funny. How, how do you get along on those, uh, those issues? I mean, it, because it has gotten so much more tense. Uh, do you not uh, debate issues? Do you cancel each other's ballots on every cause every time? Uh, disagree to disagree? How does that work out for you? No, we uh, uh, agree to uh, disagree. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a, a lot of issues that comes up that she's very strong about and a lot that I'm very strong about. But we're, we're very uh, respectful to each other. We've been married uh, 33 years, so... Uh, you know, I like that. I actually like that. Because, and by the way, I come from a family. My, my parents uh, were members of opposing parties, and they never fought about anything, uh, certainly not politics, uh, because I think it was uh, has traditionally been uh, a higher degree of uh, respect and far, far, far less uh, 
hateful blather going back and forth. And, and quite honestly, I saw hateful blather and heard hateful blather from uh, the president of the United States last night. And I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. Stick to the, uh, the substance of the issues. First of all, I think you do better with that. You make a better point that way. Uh, you acquit your principles much, much, much better if you stay with the facts and don't, uh, and maybe even uh, offer some acknowledgement of, of a respectful uh, observation of what motivate, what may motivate some on the other side on occasion to, to, to wind up where they are. Uh, but I didn't see that last night. And it, this, it's not all on President Biden. This is, this is not a new phenomenon, but it is a changed phenomenon, I think, from years past. As I mentioned earlier, the, the, uh, the contest between uh, President Carter and, uh, and, and soon-to-be, at that time, President Reagan, uh, you just didn't hear that kind of uh, that kind of rancor. So appreciate the call very much, Jorge, and uh, it's great uh, that you work things out and uh, agree to disagree in a peaceful and harmonious way. We need more of that. Uh, let's check in with Steve, patiently waiting in Chicago. Steve, good afternoon from the Windy City. Uh, thank you for holding on, sir. Hey, Sheriff, how are you doing? I'm doing extremely well, well, thanks. That's an amazing story about uh, BLM. Wow. That's yeah. A, that's oh, a yeah. Big, uh, yeah. Big news flash. Yeah, stay tuned hey, in know, after I, I, after we finish, because I'll get into the details uh, of this particular okay. suit. I, I look forward to that. You know, I was just going to say that uh, Joe Joe doesn't have, or the president doesn't have anything to run on in terms of what he's accomplished. So he he knows Trump's going to run. So the way the way to win is to stereotype Trump and tie him into the January 6th uh, crazy people that were, you know, white right. supremacists in there. And then it makes him look bad. And that pulls that he, I think the Democrats hopefully think that that will pull the uh, independence away from Trump and over toward Biden. And that, that's, that's their basic strategy right now. And then to indict him for some silliness about, you know, whatever papers he didn't give or, or give yeah. back or whatever. I, I, just, I, I believe you're right, uh, but but I, I question whether or not it works because I know there are a lot of people. In fact, yeah. I think the percentages of hardcore Trump enthusiasts are, are may very well be matched by uh, the percentage of people who voted for him that that, that do you're so right. that, that are motivated by a tolerance of his uh, of his behavior. Uh, because right. they like his positions on the major issues. I mean, it's really right. difficult to deny the fundamental notion that we were doing much better a couple of years ago as a nation. Absolutely. So, and almost everybody I know uh, doesn't try to defend his personal behavior at all, but his, his decisions about as president about how to lead the country and, you know, energy strategy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, were, were very good. And I, um, so it's going to be an interesting election. So, but Joe, if you're, if you're Joe and you're a Democrat, you know, what do you do to beat Trump? You have to go at him the way they're going at him. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but, but the other part of this that, that I question uh, in terms of the efficacy is President Biden is acting the way that many people uh, object to uh, that was represented by President Trump and is still represented by President Trump. That's exactly so, true. And you don't want to act that way. And yeah. you're right. Well, I'm 68 years old. When we were younger, Every, you know, even if we disagreed, we, we everybody was respectful to one another. And I I, you know, I that, truly his believe behavior, his behavior last night was really bad. Bizarre. I truly believe that if you uh, maintain composure, decorum, decency, yes, uh, dignity, yeah. you can actually yeah. uh, you can win the argument much, much, much more effectively. But that seems to have gone by the wayside, and it's more like uh, somebody well, trying I to get the right to, uh, in the long run that wins. And I, you know, that may be a, a fatal error that Joe's making to behave that way. Yeah, could very well be. What, let me ask right, one listen, one, one, great, one quick question. Yeah. What, what did you make of yeah. the uh, the red color and the uh, the, the uniform Marines, uh, almost yeah. like an honor guard? It looked it looked 
I, I had a friend that, that put something on somebody said if you put a little mustache on Joe, yeah. it would look just like the 1930s speech from yeah. you know who. So yeah, in fact, some uh, it was very bizarre. I don't know who picked that out, but it was very bizarre. Yeah, I know there are people who make their livelihood in marketing, and I'd love to get a, a, a yeah, professional they, they did, marketer's uh, analysis. They did, they did they did a bad job. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate <laughs> the call very job. much, Steve. Have a yeah. wonderful weekend, sir. Uh, let's see. I, I get to calls in just a moment, but I do want to just kind of tee this off and give you a little more information on this, uh, this piece about the Black Lives Matter and the Global Network Foundation. Um, uh, a man by the name of uh, Shalamia Bowers was called out in court filings as a rogue administrator, a middleman turned usurper. Uh, those are all quotes from the, uh, the court f- of documents who siphoned contributions to the nonprofit activist group to use as his own, per- quote, personal piggy bank, end quote. According to the lawsuit filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court yesterday, his actions have been uh, have uh, led Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation into multiple investigations by the Internal Revenue Service and various state attorneys general, uh, blazing a path of irreparable harm to BLM in less than 18 months, the suit claims. While BLM leaders and movement uh, workers were on the street risking their lives, this is their assertions, uh, Mr. Bowers remained in his cushy office devising a scheme of fraud and misrepresentation to break the implied, in fact, contract between, between donors and BLM. The suit filed by Black Lives Matter Grassroots uh, was light on details of Bowers' alleged theft of funds, but uh, delved into the, the uh, fissures with, uh, within the network of Black Lives Matter groups, charting changes in uh, leadership and power that left Bowers with tight control of the organization. Uh, Bowers and his group denied all of the claims, you would suspect that, of financial misconduct and chastised those uh, suing him for, quote, uh, falling victim to the, uh, to the logic and social violence that fuels the legal system, end quote, and taking legal action against him. They would rather take the same steps out of our white oppressors and utilize the criminal legal system, which is propped up by white supremacy, parenthetically the same system they say they want to dis- uh, dismantle, uh, to, uh, to solve movement disputes. The Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation Board of Directors said in a joint statement, uh, Bowers is one of three members of the board. Uh, now, of course, there's been um, uh, problems with the, the, the co-founder, Patrice Cullors, and back in uh, 2020, uh, she, she helped start this and then uh, was, was wrapped up in financial uh, shenanigans herself, uh, buying mansions and uh, being involved in all sorts of extraordinarily shady uh, financial movements and lining your own pockets uh, rather significantly. So the details on this uh, movement, and, and I just wonder about the people who bought into it without engaging in the um, the, the the necessary degree of uh, of research driven by skepticism. Nope, they bought it. It was a, it was a popular tag. People jumped into it, and uh, enormous amounts of money came in from uh, affluent uh, suburban dwellers. Uh, that uh, now is being uh, exposed as having, uh, frankly, I believe, uh, an overwhelming fraudulent scheme. Uh, 800-834-1530. Your call is coming up after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you, KPK News Radio, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and your smart speaker. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. You know, all the dust up that uh, was made when uh, the governor who had just uh, banished uh, Montana, uh, state employees cannot travel there at the taxpayer's expense uh, because it's such a bad state in terms of their philosophy and their haters. 
but he chose to vacation there and, uh, and by the way, took state resources there to protect him while he was on vacation in Montana. Uh, but now the uh, New York Post has, uh, has turned up an article that indicates that uh, at the, just about the time he was closing down the state of California in March of 2020, his own parents, uh, who, by the way, have a vacation place in Montana that he visited on that family vacation in that evil, evil state of Montana, also bought an established residency in, uh, in Florida in March of 2020, actually registering to vote there. Uh, so you can't make this stuff up. It's incredible. The the uh, state of California shut down for everybody but those who go to the French Laundry, uh, and the uh, the the governor's in laws wisely recognize it's a good time to get out of here. Uh, let's get your calls eight hundred eight three four fifteen thirty. Brian in Sacramento. Brian, good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. I coached uh, I coached kids for nine years and young adults for five years soccer. I care a lot about kids. Every time I watch Fox News, there's a 16-year-old, 17-year-old boy that accidentally thought he's getting a pain yeah. medication, dies from fentanyl, and that, and also the sex changes. And they have experts. I, I can't believe it. Experts that say if a little girl standing and urinating, and uh, if the boy has a little boy has long hair, they have tendency for sex change. These two alone should be enough to walk away from Democrats, which I did. We need, yeah. I don't care about Democrat, Republican. We need to protect our kids. Even prisoners look down on people that harm kids. Agreed. It, it, that is should be enough to show up and vote and get these people out. That, that is, your, your points are well taken, and I'm, very, I'm familiar with the case you talk about out of Placer County, a young man by the name of Didier. Uh, just to try, and by, by the way, he is one of many. As I shared earlier, if you think about it in the terms of, uh, of a 777, a Boeing 777, a jumbo jetliner, crashing every single day, killing all passengers on board, that's what fentanyl poisoning deaths represent in this country. That is extraordinary, and to not recognize that as what it is. In addition to that, the part, and I think you bring up a valid point, and, and people are desperately fearful of talking about it because you get labeled as uh, some kind of a transphobic when in reality these are things that that, that require analytical thought and 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 a, a legitimate um, responsible discussion uh, when you're talking about things such as gender dysphoria which i understand is, is a real thing and there are people who who, who have to deal with that but to, but to seemingly encourage that kind of uh, extraordinary transition on people at a very, very early point in life, uh, especially when you look at the, uh, the incidence of regrets thereafter as suicide attempts and successful suicides on the part of people who have done so. And I think the younger uh, it happens, the greater the likelihood that there has been insufficient degree of critical analysis to reach that conclusion. So how in the world uh, people seemingly of conscience would not, would not recognize uh, these two fundamentals you talk about, and the one, the course, that is the most pressing right now. Uh, think about the, you know, and, and, and what, just just do the simple math. You're lo- looking at uh, something close to the order of magnitude of four hundred thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, f- uh, forty thousand people before the end of this year dying in this country from fentanyl uh, poisoning, and we're doing nothing to stop the flow of that poison into this country. And it did not rise to the uh, the president's uh, priorities last night when he went about uh, bashing those who see the world differently than he does. And, and I, I have a very difficult time with that. Correct. Yeah. As, as, as adults, our job is to protect our young ones. 
he's doing nothing of that sort. He's a dictator, in my opinion. Well, it's I, I don't I cannot for the life of me figure out how this makes good sense. Why people are motivated to act in this in this way? Uh, I suspect, and and uh, it's because I am a skeptic by nature, but I suspect that it probably has something to do with uh, an effort in a bizarre sort of way uh, to to maintain or or get greater degrees of control over people. Uh, but the reality is, I think you make excellent points. And uh, at one of them, there's, there's not even a controversy. That fentanyl has to be cut off. We cannot have that flow coming into the country. The other takes more courage uh, to approach. Hey, uh, Brian, I appreciate the call very much. You're going to be the last thought of the day. That's it for me. But stick around because you have the lovely and talented Kitty O'Neill coming up next with the afternoon news. I'll be back here with you on Tuesday. Have a great one.